in putting on the armor of God, um, I would say the overwhelming majority of us this last week lived our life, but we probably weren't very conscientious about, wow, I need to grab my sword of the Spirit today, and, and I need my helmet of salvation, and, and we probably didn't, didn't think about that much. And yet at the same time, we're, we're struggling away and we're, we know there's victory in Christ and yet we see the defeats in our own life and, and we think, what is going on? Why is this happening like it is? And, and so it comes down that we find a way to muddle our way through, through life through the Christian life. And yet, to personally say that that we're really walking in victory, probably few would, would be willing to venture that. When you became a Christian, that's when the battle really began. And every Christian who lives his life yielded to God and resistant to the schemes of Satan, God desires us to be a corridor of liberty, a center of light, dispelling not only the darkness, but exposing the lies of Satan. Every, everything that Satan does involves a lie. John 8.44 tells us he is a liar. It tells us he is the father of lies. So the opposite of, of dishonesty is truth. And we know that God has given us, 2 Peter 1.3 says, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. So it's not like we're missing something that we haven't yet received for the reason that we're not what God wants us to be. He's given us everything and it all revolves around truth. And it begins, the armor. And and I'm just going to quickly go through and then I want to I want to make, and in many cases this will be review, but then I want to make some some personal applications. The belt of truth. This is is a, a commitment to truth. It's a commitment to Jesus Christ. And, And we looked at last week that the battle takes place in our mind. And every thought that comes into our mind is either truth or a lie. It's one or the other. And and we need to begin by saying, I am taking my mind and it is committed to truth. I'm going to remember the truth that God has brought me to. 
and I'm going to surround myself with truth, and truth is going to be the gatekeeper of my mind, and I'm going to remind myself of the truths that God is continually teaching me, and it is a commitment to truth rather than the lies of Satan. The next, it says, is the breastplate of righteousness. This is, we know from our study in Ephesians, from the Word of God, that we have no righteousness. This is the righteousness that we have in Christ. This boils down to who I am as a believer in Christ. What God says I am in Christ. It's not what I feel, what I think I am in Christ. God says that, that I, I am forgiven. You may not feel forgiven. But it's coming and standing in what God says. God says in Christ we are a child of His. We, we studied Romans. In Romans we read that we're justified, that we're no longer condemned. We read that the Spirit of God dwells within us. We read that God is able to make all things work together for good. We read these truths, but putting on the breastplate of righteousness is coming and standing in those truths. I am a redeemed, justified child of God. You may, you may not like yourself. But God loves you with an unconditional love, and it's coming and by faith standing in that. That's the, the breastplate of righteousness, the truth of what God, the emphasis is on God, what God has already done in our lives and what He is doing. The preparations of the gospel of peace. It's the, the peace in the heart that makes you able to fight. As a believer, you are at peace with the mission that you've been given by God. You believe in the cause. You've trusted the commander. You believe that the victory is assumed and assured. And you have come to peace in your heart through Jesus Christ because of the gospel. And we know that regardless of what comes in our life, we can stand in His merits. At, at, at this meeting, um, one of the individuals there um, from the U.S., listening to his testimony, he, he said, um, I was saved about 23 years ago. He's in his early 70s now, I said, tell me about it. He said, I was saved, and he named, he, he lives in Philadelphia, I was saved in a restaurant in Omaha, Nebraska, by a man that I had met once before, and this was a second meeting, and he went on to say, at the first meeting, it was a business meeting, he's in pharmaceuticals. He said, 
they really did this guy dirt. I mean, they attacked him. They really, and I was taken back at the peace that he manifested. I mean, he did not respond as everyone else did. And he said, so six months to a year later, we had another meeting in Omaha, and and I wanted to pursue. He said, my life was in shambles. My marriage was a wreck. I knew this guy had something that I didn't have. And, and he said, so we went out to eat, just the two of us. And he said, I said to him, what makes you you? And he went on and shared Jesus Christ. And to make a long story short, this man came to know Christ and his life was transformed. I mean, completely transformed. His marriage was rebuilt after some time. And, and he's walking in victory today. What was the key that brought? It was the peace that this other gentleman had, knowing, although all around me they may be attacking and lying and undermining, he still had a peace that was his armor, and as a result ended up being his power. And it is. It's the gospel that brings peace. And if we don't have that, we have no standing. Then it's the shield of faith. It's, it's more than just belief. It's acting upon our belief. Faith is, is a decision. It's an action. It's a, a resolution based on our decision. We've, we've already accepted the realms. We are, walk, we are going to walk in truth. And, and so we take the truth and, and we act upon it. So when the lies of Satan come in, we act upon truth that we've already committed to. This is true. This debunks this lie. This exposes this lie. This quenches the fiery dart. Because truth is always greater than the lies of Satan. The shield of faith. Then it is the helmet of salvation. Well, how do you put the helmet of salvation on every day? If you got saved five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, well, it's this. Salvation affects three Three areas, time-wise, it affects our past. We are saved from the penalty of sin. It affects our present. We are being saved from the power of sin. That's the sanctification. God's Spirit at work in us, giving us victory over sin. And we someday in the future, will be saved from the presence of sin. No more sin. And, and putting on the helmet of salvation in the spiritual warfare that we're in, it is the recognition that someday, although there are battles all around me, someday there is coming 
a full and complete salvation and I will no longer be battling with sin anymore and I now look forward to that day and because of it I can continue in. The helmet of salvation is the recognition that all the human schemes to obtain world peace and harmony are doomed to fail, but the plan of God is moving forward right on schedule. Christ is coming back. He will appear again, and He will establish His own reign in righteousness. And this helmet of salvation that that you put on looking forward to that glorious hope is what will keep your thinking straight in the hour of man's utter confusion. That's the helmet of salvation. As Christians, we shouldn't be surprised or panicked by the events that go on in the world. We know that everything around us will eventually be resolved by God's program, and we can live unafraid in a world of fear and tear because we know God is the history maker and God is moving in history and nothing can happen to upset or delay or derail God's plan. That's the helmet of salvation. We know we can rest in that. Everything's all right in my Father's house. And we rest in that. Even though we know the world is doomed, even though you read about the Great Reset and you see all these things coming and the shadows of prophecy being cast over, we're not hopeless. We are not resigned. We are not fatalistic. We are not in despair. Though we have no hope in humanity, we have every hope in God. And nothing changes. That is why we do not withdraw from life, but we engage in it. What would, what would make Pastor Rami stay in Damascus, a, a war-torn, destroyed city, because he knows... He has the helmet of salvation on. He knows this is the battle time now, but the day is coming when everything will be all right and there are people to rescue here. So the helmet of salvation is that glorious hope that we're looking forward to and because of that, we can continue on. And then he says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In your study through Ephesians, I'm sure you you came to this. There are are two words used for the Word of God. One is the, the collective Logos, Word of God, the collective Bible as we know it. But the word that is used here is the word rhema, which means a specific promise, a specific saying of God, a specific passage or verse that has special application to an immediate situation. If you've walked with God very long at all, you've read through the Word, and as you've been reading, 
there will be times that there are verses that, that it's like they're illuminated. It's like they're, they're lit up. It's like they come to life. And, and God's Spirit is pinpointing that in your life. And He's saying, this is the specific application to this situation right now in your life. And it's like, wow. God is speaking to me in, in, through His Word in specific application to increase my faith in this situation so that I can honor God through it. It's a, a specific, well-chosen answer to the lies of Satan, the deception of Satan. So, when the attacks come, we must continually go to the truth of God's Word. It's the Word of God. It's Jesus personified. And it's taking those specific directions of God's Spirit and making application defensively to, to expose the lies of Satan and offensively to bring damage to the cause of Satan. The greater exposure you have to Scripture, the more the Spirit of God can use His mighty sword in our life. But if we ignore it, we can't. So, it is, it is understanding um, the need for personally having personal responses from God's Word to the attacks that are coming in our lives. Every one of us have different areas that are our strengths and our weaknesses, and we need to shore up and, and be prepared to give an answer for every man, to every man, for the reason of the hope, the helmet of salvation that is within us. So the Christian's complete armor is you in Christ and Christ in you. And, and as you appropriate the truth of God's Word in the breastplate of righteousness. This is what God says, I am. I may not feel like it right now, but this is what I am. And as you apply that in your life and, and allow the peace of God in your life, you will be walking in truth. So, I, I just put together this armor checklist for my own benefit. And these questions to ask. In the middle of the warfare, we ask, am I committed to what is true? This thought, is it true? And then secondly, what does God say I am in Christ? You, you ought to start your own personal list of what God says I am in Christ. So that you can go back and read over that. When, when Satan tempts you, you are a failure. You are a loser. You will never amount to anything as a Christian. Nothing will ever work out for you. God has abandoned you. Look at this. Look at this in your life. See, God's not there. You need to come back to, to this list, not that someone else put together. 
that you know, based on the Word of God, this is who I am, not in me. This is who I am in Christ. I am covered by Christ. And then to ask, okay, my attitude, my, my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions is the peace of God ruling in my life. And then to ask, what do I need to believe and act upon to defeat the lies of Satan? What do I need to believe? So, here I am, I'm worried about the future, okay? What do I need to believe about that? And, and we'll talk more about the application in the adult Sunday school class. But what do I need to believe about that? And what do I need to act on? Proof that we believe something is that it works out in action. Faith without works is dead. You say you believe something. I believe God's going to take care of me. Well, then why are you running around like a chicken with your head cut off, full of anxiety, full of stress? Now, admittedly, it's not sit back, God's going to take care of me. He gives us direction, but it's not all up to us. We won't be full of stress and, and angst because it's all up to us. So what do I need to believe and act upon? And what's, do I believe the best is yet to come? Do I have the helmet of salvation that I believe the best is yet to come? What is your future? In Jesus Christ, I know at some point in time I'm either going to die and be absent from the body or present with the Lord, or the Lord is going to come and catch me up to be with Him in the air, and so shall we ever be. I don't know what will happen between today and then, but I know it's all going to end well. I know that everything's going to end well. And because of that, we can believe and do believe that the best is yet to come. What is my future? Oh, have you read about this? Have you read about they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this? Yep, they are. But the best is yet to come in Christ. My future isn't earthbound. My future isn't bound by this administration or, or what happens in Davos or what happens in the UN, or what happens anywhere. My future is already determined in Jesus Christ. And because of that, I need to put that helmet on and march through this world that everybody's fallen apart and have the helmet of salvation that we can walk on in victory. Do I really believe the best is yet to come? What specific? personal promise of God am I standing on? You ought to, and it ought to be growing in your life. It, it changes because you change. Circumstances change. Wow, this is a verse. Um, last night, Marilyn said, this is a verse that is, I'm, I'm really standing on and resting in. That ought to be happening to us on a regular basis as we 
as we walk with God? What specific promise of God am I standing on? And then he says, he sums up all the armor and he says, And above all, praying always in everything by prayer and supplication. So we ask, what am I asking of God? Is what I'm asking of God purely temporally related? What am I asking of God? Praying always. It's, it's prayer is the breath of a Christian. If you quit breathing physically, you'll die. If you quit praying, you will die spiritually. So, as I've, as I've thought on this and meditated on this, to me, I, I'm a simpleton. To me, this is all too confusing. I mean, it, it's not hard to understand. It's just hard to put, okay, what do I put this armor on, that armor on? If I were to wrap it all up in one conclusion, it is walk in truth. Have a passion for truth. Because everything comes down to this. The lie of Satan or the truth of God. And so if I, if I say, I am wholly committed to truth. Jesus Christ is truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am wholly committed to what is true. I am committed to knowing truth. I'm going to be a student of the book. I I am committed to knowing the truth, believing the truth, obeying the truth. If you just have a, a wholehearted commitment to truth, you'll be putting the armor on. It'll be on. It, it will be there. The psalmist said, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Psalm 86, 11. John, in his third epistle, in verse 4, said, I have no greater delight than to hear that my children walk in in truth. If we have a commitment to truth, and I, I, I am going to walk in truth, you will be armed and you will be victorious in your life. But it's, it's when we walk in our own ways, when we're led astray, deceived, we're no longer walking in truth. It is a commitment because everything comes down to truth and lies. Everything comes down to that. And it is. I am committed to truth. Not just the truth that Jesus died for my sins to save me. And I fear that's many times we accept Christ as Savior and that's it. No. What, if, what am I thinking in my mind? Is that what God says? That thought that I have, is that, what, is that the truth that God wants me in? Or is that out here in the deceptive field of Satan? Everything comes down to truth or lie. Oh, things will never work out for me. Oh, is that what God says? Or is that what we believe? 
If I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck. Oh, is that what God says? See, it ought to drive us right to the Word of God. What is truth? I have got to have truth. I have got to know truth. And, and that, that should never end because we have to know the truth. And if we begin and end with this commitment to truth and to make that our prayer that the psalmist said, Lord, teach me thy way and I will walk in truth. Heavenly Father, may that be our prayer. And Lord, I pray that Your Spirit would make real and personal in our lives the lies that we have been believing and basing our decisions upon. And as a result, we bear consequences. We miss Your best. We miss the victory in You. So Lord... I pray, first of all, for individuals here who have never responded to the truth that you alone provide forgiveness of sins. Lord, I pray today that your Spirit would draw them to you and they would respond in humble submission to calling unto you for the forgiveness of sin. And then, Lord, I pray for every one of us as believers we ask that You would open the eyes of our understanding that we would recognize truth and as a result of that, that we would expose the lies of Satan in our own life. The lies that that we've embraced as truth for years and years and years in our own personal lives. And Lord, I pray that we would truly walk in victory. Lord, may we bring delight to You as we walk in truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.